I can tell you one thing I'm not going to do. I'm not going to sing right now. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys, Jason, Rebecca, Tim. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. My dad taught me to, how to play tennis. One of the cool things, uh, good memories in my life of him teaching me how to play that sport. Um, the very first thing that he did was say to me, there are two things you got to do before you ever get on the court. And I was young and anxious and just wanted to get on the court with a racket and a ball and play the game. And he said, we're not going to do that. He said, there's two things you got to do. He said, first thing you got to do is you got to take the racket and you got to put the ball on it. And I want you to be able to bounce that ball on that racket 100 times without missing it. Second thing, get on the carport against the brick wall and I want you to hit that tennis ball against the brick wall, get to where you can do it a hundred times without missing it. And he said, when you can bounce it a hundred times and you can hit it a hundred times without missing it, come find me. Well, that wasn't a one-day job. It took a while. But I got there and got to a point where I, I did, and I told him, and he said, all right, let's go. And I tell you, I had gotten very confident. And because uh, it, it took a long time to do that. It took a lot of uh, uh, ability to do those uh, hundred times without missing it or without dropping it and uh, we got on the court and my memory is just the feeling that I have is being on the court and after about 10 minutes gasping for air uh, exhausted bleeding a little bit and and I'm and I think back on it and I thought okay a hundred times on the racket a hundred times against the wall this game just changed. And what had changed was somebody was hitting the ball back. There was somebody on the other side of the net. And the someone on the other side of the net was bigger than me, stronger than me, and smarter than me. And everything changed when someone started hitting back. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, everything changes in this prayer. Because Matthew 6, verse 13 is the verse in the prayer that shows us someone is hitting back. And that someone that's hitting back 
is bigger than me, stronger than me, and smarter than me. And Jesus said, here's how you win. Pray. Pray. When you read through this prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And as we work through that prayer, we're in conversation with the Lord. We're asking him for things. When you get to verse 13, he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The prayer changes. I've said it already over these last few weeks. I say it again today. This is the verse that lets us know that prayer is war. Prayer is war. There is opposition in our life. There is a competition on the other side of the net, if you will. And today as we bring to a close this teaching on the Lord's Prayer, let me just put it in these phrases. Prayer is war and the battlefield is dangerous and defeat is possible, but victory is available. And the prayer that I've been praying and I've asked others this morning to pray with me is that from the start this morning, our hearts would be hungry for victory. I I won't be able to convince you of the need for victory. I, I won't be able to convict you of sin. I cannot give an illustration clear enough or powerful enough to show you how big and strong and smart the opposition is. And so before you today, I am believing in the Holy Spirit. I'm asking the Holy Spirit. And I would invite you right now to be praying for the Holy Spirit to make us hungry for victory over sin. That God would work in our heart and life to hate what he hates and to love what he loves. And what a gracious God What a compassionate and merciful father that he does not leave us in this battle to fight according to our own strength and skill and ability. But he teaches us how to win. He teaches us how to pray. And Jesus teaches us that prayer is the way to confront temptation and the way to overcome evil. Next week on Sunday night, many will of us will watch the Super Bowl and maybe you've chosen sides maybe you don't care and um, that's perfectly you'll live life just fine not caring about the Super Bowl Um, I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles Keith Winrick's in the room I'd get an amen I'm sure 
But, um, you know, no one after the game is interviewing the loser to find out how much they enjoyed getting beat. We won't hear that interview. There won't be a player that will say that loses. I love that we played the game, and I love that we lost. I, I, I love that we were on the field. And I just really, I came into this game hoping that we'd be on the losing side. It's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's, but what, what is it? They, they go into the game wanting to win. And so today I, I'm praying and hoping and trusting that we would come into this relationship with the Lord, recognizing through the teaching of this prayer that we have an enemy, we have an opposition, we have someone that wants to win, but we don't want to be on that side. We don't want to get to the end of this hour. We don't want to get to the end of this day. We don't want to get to the end of next week losing. How do we win? Well, this prayer, he, Jesus teaches us, it says, and lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. We can spend a long time talking about does, what, what is God, how does God fit with temptation? How, is this word temptation or trial? Here's, here's what I just, I, I want to, Keep moving, but I want to I say this. What, what he's teaching us to pray is, Father, don't let the devil do what the devil loves to do. And don't let me get in a place where the devil's got a good chance of winning. Lead us not into temptation and... Deliver us from evil. Uh, Matthew 4, and it had to be fresh on Jesus' mind, is the context for teaching us how to pray like this. In Matthew chapter 4, uh, you come just out of the verses where Jesus has been baptized by John the baptizer, and you come to Matthew chapter 4, and listen to verse 1. Matthew 4, verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then he comes in this prayer and he teaches us to pray, Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. It was as if Jesus, fresh out of those wilderness days of battling against the enemy, using scripture, he was teaching us, ask God, ask God to keep you from that. The word deliver means rescue. And then he teaches us to, to pray against temptation. Then he shows us that in days of evil, in times of evil, that there is a prayer for rescue. Rescue us. Send someone, Father. Send someone or something to get us out of evil. Well, 
how does God answer this prayer? And that's where I want to spend a little time. Hopefully helping me, helping you, helping us recognize how God answers this prayer of not being led into temptation and us being delivered from evil. Now, the, the greatest news is that one day, as a child of God, there is coming a day. There's coming a day where we will never need to pray this prayer again. And this is what happens again and again and again in the Christian life. There is a now, not yet atmosphere going on in Christianity. And the, and the now is deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation. Let me win the battle today. Let me stand against the enemy. Let me overcome, Father, by your strength and by your power. And the not yet is what happens when King Jesus rules and reigns forever on the throne. And we're home with him. And the enemy has been cast into the lake of fire. And we're not fighting evil anymore. We're worshiping the king. But until that day, we have this prayer to pray. And, and how, how, does the, how does the father recognize how does, the, how does the Father rescue us from evil? Let me, let me just offer four ways. Number one, he provides ways of escape. He provides ways of escape. And you think in your life, just, just let this passage kind of wash over you and think right now, do you, would you find yourself in some kind of battle of temptation? Do you know where temptation lies? Do you know environments have you have you come to understand the battle to know that if you're in that environment temptation is going to rage if you let this if you let things line up in your life like this this is where temptation's going to rage when you sit here this morning and know hey evil is winning in your life how might god answer you right now in this room if you pray as a woman or a man or a kid in this room you pray lord deliver me, rescue me, a, a way that he would answer is to provide a way of escape. What good news. What good news. First Corinthians, we're going to work through some, some scripture here. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. And I don't know if you normal, normally take notes, you may not have anything to to, to write on. If I had a, a, a Bible with a blank spot in the back, I'm, I don't normally say this, but I, I believe I'm going to give you some things today that will help you in a daily fight against temptation and evil. And just the skeleton of this outline would be something you could look back over, glance over, pray through, and it would help you win against the enemy. And, and this first, he provides ways of escape. You put the verse there, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. 1 Corinthians, tw 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. What a great warning. Don't, don't, don't kid yourself. You see sin around you or you see sin in the life of others. Or listen, even sin in your past. And think that you're not vulnerable today. And that's the goodness of God that he would call our attention to this. He's therefore, let, any, don't, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed 
lest he fall. Verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Temptation is not the sin. Giving in to the temptation is the sin. And when the temptation to take that road towards sin or into sin, the promise that we have from God's word is there will be at the same time there's that decision to go down that road, that choice to take that fork in the road, there will be another way. Hallelujah. There will be another way. There'll be an escape. Think back over your most recent defeat. Where did the, where did the enemy win? And I would offer to you that as you even think back to that moment in your life, that somewhere you would also be able to find an escape that you missed. There was a phone call. Someone walked in the room. Somebody pulled up in the driveway. Somebody knocked on your door. You looked up and saw a plaque on the wall and read it for the first time in a long time. Your Bible fell open. Verse underlined, it's underlined 20 years ago. A thought came to your mind. A picture flashed in front of your eyes. A promise from God's word came to your heart. Some way, somehow, God in his grace said, you don't have to go there. There's a way of escape. Maybe a good prayer for us to pray right now in our heart as we listen, as we work through the word, would be, Father, let me want, let me want the escape more than I want the sin. Second thing he does, he, he provides ways of escape. He provides words of exhortation. Man, we, we heard that this week from Scott Smith as he taught about abiding in the word. As we fill our hearts with the word, we fill our minds with the word, we read the word. At times we may not even know what God's doing with it, but he's just depositing the word into our account. And in times of temptation, faced with evil, these words of exhortation come back to our mind, come back to our heart, come back to our thoughts, and we, we speak them, we claim them, we cling to them, we hold on to them, we sing them, we read them. And those words of exhortation become, listen, they become an answer to prayer. Haven't you seen the, have you seen the supernatural work of God where I might walk up to you and say, give me three verses you know by heart, and you'll be like, I can't give you half of one. But you're in a battle against sin, 
and the Spirit of God comes rushing through and a verse in God's Word comes to your mind. He brings it to your heart and thought and there it is, just in your time of need. What is that? That's the God answering this prayer. That is God fighting the battle for you. Maybe, maybe you need to hide some word in your heart. And it, it felt like there was a season in my life where I really had three verses that just became my arsenal. Just three verses. And, and just again and again and again. Psalm 119.11. King James Version. You know, learned it young. Back when I, I was trained on a Schofield study Bible. And I learned thy word is... Thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Maybe you learn it in a newer translation. But again and again and again when the enemy would come, the tempter would come, your word, Lord, I've hidden in my heart that I would not sin against thee. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Satan, get thee behind me. Psalm 101, verse 3, I will set my eye on no vile thing. Joshua 1, 9, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with thee. And you grab three or four verses and put them in your spiritual holster. And when the, when the enemy comes, you pull them out. And you give them the word just like Jesus gave the enemy the word in the wilderness. And you speak his living and active sharper than a double-edged sword. Word against the enemy. He gives you a way of escape. He gives us words of exhortation. And three, he answers this prayer by providing weapons of warfare. It's, it's, It's warfare. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, pulling down of strongholds. And, and that, that idea, that picture that there are weapons that, that we fight with that are not fleshly weapons, but we use those spiritual weapons to fight against fleshly temptation, spiritual temptation. And then Ephesians 6. It was a year ago that we were working through Ephesians chapter 6, talking about the battle in Ephesians chapter 6. We just remind ourselves again of the war that we're in. Finally, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray 
again at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. That's God's goodness to us. That is an answer to Matthew 6, 13. What, how does it, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us, rescue us from evil. Here's a way of escape, son. Here's a word of exhortation, daughter. Here are weapons for your warfare, church. And it's as practical as speaking the words, as, as figuratively dressing yourself with this armor. As you walk into that environment, you walk into your day and you put on that belt of truth and that breastplate of righteousness and helmet of salvation. You just go through dressing yourself to fight the war. Fourth, he answers this prayer. Listen. With wounds of friends. There are pieces in sermons where you, you study all week and you, you, you I don't know, for me, I feel like there's, there's a lot there that God will want to use, but maybe there's one thing that you think you were sent here to say today. And, and this is something today I just, I, I want to hammer on. I pray the Holy Spirit bring remembrance for us that one of the ways that God answers this prayer to lead us not into temptation and to deliver us from evil is through the wounds of friends. Proverbs 27, 6 says, the wounds of a friend can be what? All right, we're about to learn something together. Proverbs 27, 6. The wounds of a friend can be trusted. 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 I want you right now to come up with a name in your mind that is a friend that loves Jesus more than they love you. I see some of you in this room. I hope a lot of you I don't see. I see a lot of you in this room right now that I would call friend, thank you, Lord, that I believe you love Jesus more than you love me. And one of the ways that God is going to rescue you from evil is that in this moment of sanity in your life, that you would identify that friend and believe there could be a day where you will have lost your mind because of what sin does. And mark it today 
that the name of that friend has permission to come wound you in your sin. And this brother or this sister, listen, because it may not make sense in that day of evil. They are loving you. They are on a rescue mission. They are fighting when you can't fight for your soul. And God in his grace is answering this prayer of lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And hear me. Wound me. Wound me. Love Jesus more than you love me. Who is that, ladies? Who is that woman in your life that loves you more, that loves Jesus more than they love you? It might be good today to tell them you're that friend. Find me when I'm going crazy. Find me if you see me ignoring ways of escape. Teenager, who is that brother or sister in Christ that's willing to lose you for a few days or lose you for a few weeks? But they will tell you what's right when they see you doing what's wrong. Men the same. And you say, I wish I had that friend. Come see me. I know some who will be that friend to you. How does God answer this prayer? Ways of escape, words of exhortation, weapons of warfare, and wounds of friends. Jerry Rankin was a missionary on the international mission field, was president of the International Mission Board in recent years. And in a book on spiritual warfare, he said this, there is an enemy who is determined to defeat us in our Christian walk. The enemy is intent on rendering us ineffective in our resolve to live for the Lord and serve him. Let me remind you that this prayer we call the Lord's Prayer is a family prayer. These are the people that call him father. These are the children of God that he's teaching us to pray. Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So what do all of us need to be able to win? Every one of us need prayer. This prayer is a plural prayer. Our Father in heaven. He says, give us our daily bread. 
Forgive us our sin. Lead us not into temptation. This is a prayer for us to pray for one another. I need you praying for me. You may not know the people around you named. Call them Watkinsville. Call them, call them buddy. Call them friend. Just call them, just, just say, Lord, I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for one another. We need every day surrender. Every morning surrender. We need people. We need people. We need friends. We need accountability. You need groups. You need guys. You need some guys. Girls, you need some girls. Paul, the Apostle Paul always traveled with people. And even when he found himself in prison, he would exhort people, come see me, come to me. Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. Don't isolate. We need power. We need power. Greater is he that is in me. It's not great as me. It's greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The way I overcome temptation is not me being clever. The way I overcome temptation is finding God's way of escape. What did he do? We need the power of the Spirit. Be not drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need his power. Acknowledging that is the way we fight the battle. And we need practice. We, we need day by day by day to just stand against the enemy. To say, today I'm going to stand. Do the right thing. Listen, don't let this sermon be a box checker. Let this sermon be become a habit. Let's be doers of the word. Let's practice the word. Let's obey the word. I want to mark this verse down and I, I want to read it to you. Jeremiah 6, 16. Jeremiah 6, 16. I want to ask the team to come. And, as they're coming to set up, I, give us a chance to respond this morning. I, I want to read this verse over this room. When we think about being winning this fight against evil in this old book of Jeremiah listen to the counsel to God's people Jeremiah 6 16 thus says the Lord stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls but they said we will not walk in it I said watchman over you saying pay attention to the sound of the trumpet but they said we will not pay attention therefore hear O nations and know O congregation what will happen to you hear O earth behold I am bringing disaster upon this people, the fruit of their devices, because they have not paid attention to my words. And as for my law, they have rejected it. We say today, Lord, help us win. 
Thank the Lord today for people he's put in your life. Thank the Lord for his word. Thank the Lord for his power. Thank the Lord for friends that he's given to you. Ask the Father to help you hunger for the good way. Resist the enemy. And listen, today it could be a fresh start. Today could be a new start. Today could be a way of you standing and saying, I, I'm, I'm taking my stand against the enemy. Lord, I need you. He wants to hear from you. That's why he taught us to pray. I'm going to be here at the front for a little bit. If you need to come and trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me help you today. If you want to come and kneel in this room and pray, you want to make your chair and altar to pray, let's do business with the Lord. Let's take the time that the Spirit wants right now and be obedient to him. Let's win against sin. Let's stand together. Let's worship. Be obedient to the Spirit right now. Jason.